Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. from the WTAF of This Country podcast. I really enjoyed it. If you love that podcast, try our new one, where Pavo... You have to find out about me. And Neil... As you may know, I'm not always the most macho of men. Chat about everything. everything. Are you going to please everybody? I don't think you are. Join us every Wednesday for some fun topical chat where we ask the hard-hitting questions. How do I take my tea? Where we reminisce about days gone by. What is my most embarrassing moment? Would it be soiling yourself somewhere? (laughs) It is, actually. (laughs) Where we give you, the listener, the chance to learn all about us. When you get an ear infection, if you remember, you're sick. You don't even need... That's how Liverpool... Sick. 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 Please download, subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. But thanks for noticing. Pavo and Neil. Chat about everything. everything. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 I like that one. Hello there, this is the Reverend Francis Seaton, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man with so many admirers, no one can keep up with it, not even Gif Gaff. It's Neil. And how true is that? Hello, pal. <laughs> they're just... All, they're at the door as we speak. I know, I know. We've had to put the second lock on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to knock him away with a sticky oh, wicket. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, is oh, maybe not a sticky wicket. <laughs> okay, now we have a history with our super fan episodes where we have chatted to TV and radio legend Alan Partridge's co hosts. We have already chatted to Zoe, aka Pippa Duffy, and now we have his latest suffering colleague from his latest BBC show this time. Please welcome Jenny Gresham herself. The one and only Susanna Fielding. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I love the fact you're waving, even though it's an audio podcast. Yeah. 
I'm always very expressive. Can't I just can't help myself? <laughs> we'll do a running commentary so we can let you know exactly what our guest is doing because I think that's the... all the gestures. Yes, okay. indeed. So, Susanna, thank you very much for for doing this for us. It's a pleasure. And uh, we always start with the same question: How did you find out about this country? I think I happened upon it. I mean, I think you're pretty likely to find something good on in the comedy section of BBC iPlayer. Um, but I have to say, when I hit on the first episode of this country, it was a big moment. And I called my best mate and was like, have you been watching? She was like, yes, <laughs> this country. Yes. Oh, my God. And um, we've since been obsessed. And, and, and I've got a lot of other people obsessed with it as well. It's it's unlike anything else, isn't it? Mm. So what was it that first struck you then when you, when you watched it? Um, I loved the, um, I loved the kind of mockumentary style of it. And I loved the fact that, um, I loved the characters. I mean, Curtin is, both Kerry and Curtin are amazing, but it's really, really, really well written, isn't it? And you love, I just love the fact that you feel like you're in their bedrooms with them and it's so natural. There's no sense of like, performance at all they're both so clever at making it seem completely off the cuff and so real um and they're both incredibly rude and annoying and vile and stupid and <laughs> and also really sweet under it as well um I, yeah i mean there's so many ele- elements that i love and obviously the vicar is also a complete legend too so yeah you love all the characters don't you indeed like, adorable as well as being like oh my god um like unbearable at the same time so yeah Uh, and it's laugh out loud funny like it really really is and i can watch it again and again and again and again and still think it's hilarious Mm. so did you did you binge watch the whole two series and the special or um i binge watched the first series and then i had to wait for the second one and then when i was counting down for the special it was a big like it was a big moment when that when that came because I was it was like a drug addict hankering <laughs> for my next hit and it took a long time for it to come. And were you making predictions in regards to like the end of series two and what was going to happen? Ooh, I can't remember now because it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've forgotten, and I probably should have rewatched them all before speaking to you guys. So I was up to scratch. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I, can, I was going to say, I can remember when it happened, it was like, what was Kerry going to do? Was she going to um, sort of sell her, her dad down the river or was she going to do anything? And then obviously then you find out in the in the aftermath that uh, that Martin did go down. I just wondered whether you sort of thought that was what was going to happen or what your theories were after Series 2. I was pleased that he went down hmm. um, because he's an arsehole, <laughs> isn't he? I mean, he's unbelievable but that's what's so clever about it is that you sort of like it's so tragic this relationship between her and her dad um and there's elements of it with me and my dad where I'm like oh yeah something similar going on there so I probably (laughs) I probably relate to uh relate to her a little bit in the way of how rubbish a father he is um but yeah the way that they make it still funny is quite incredible. But, yeah, I was super, super pleased that he went down. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favourite series, then, out of the two? Out of the two. 
I mean, the first one's brilliant because it's just, it's all, the first series is always exciting, isn't it? Because it's, it's the, those are the ideas that got them to make the show. Mm. And those are the ideas that got it commissioned. Um, I can't remember which one my favourite episode is in, which is um, um, when Curtin gets onto the MBQ at Swindon College for social health, health and social care. That's the last episode of series one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. So I probably would say series one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that okay. is. Yeah. What, do, what do you think? Do you well, think um, um... We've said, I think every time somebody asks us that, it's always a different answer for us. I think uh, Threatening Letters has been my favorite episode for a long time, but then Mandy, which is the second episode of series one, is always yeah. like, it's just got so many. Oh, great the tattoo. The ta- the yeah, ta- just going through the tattoo book is just comedy gold. So good, and the and the drawings are so awful, aren't they? And then mm. the one that where she's like, "Who are the two people that it's a, it could be someone or it could be someone?" Gre- Greg Wallace and um, uh, Kemp, isn't it? Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically yeah. true, isn't it? <laughs> so good. Yeah, she's amazing too. Um, yeah, they're both good episodes. They're good episodes. Yeah. I, I'm a big uh, fan of the oven space where it's just the two of them cooking the pizza. I just think that's genius. It what really is. Is that, is that first series? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean, that's what's so special about the series, isn't it? Is that they make some really bold choices. Like, that is basically just them in a kitchen, isn't it? For yeah. The whole yeah. Budget reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It worked. Yeah, it did. Their, because their performances are so real. And it's so well scripted. You're totally gripped, aren't you? Um, and it's incredibly funny. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And obviously, I love Kerry's mum. I was so excited when I found out, you know, that it's her all along. And yeah, yeah. This, uh, Flaffle. I like Flaffle. I love the one with the old lady where she's going around for dinner. That's series two, isn't it? That is, yeah. that is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, great episode. Great episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that you like mockumentary. Do you like other like uh, comedy shows that are done in that style? Then I do like I like The Office. Um, it's always nice, actually, isn't it? It's, it's that thing of the character talking to camera, so mm. that you feel like they're talking to you. And I think it does bring people in a bit, doesn't it? I'm trying to think what else. Can you think of any others that are like well, Parks and Recreation, like the American Office, is another a couple that that are done in that sort of style. Um, yeah. People um, who do nothing is another yeah, one. Yeah, does that. That it? I love. Yeah, I love that actually. I've just been watching some more of that because I hadn't seen it all, and it's so so good. Same thing. Yeah. I think it's anything else that's on at the moment? I don't um, know. Not it, that I can think of at the moment. No. No, no it's oh Fleabag, I suppose. Oh. In, 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 a, a in a way, I've just in started. I've just started getting into Fleabag. I've, the amount of times that you see people on Twitter go on about how great it is, and how fantastic, and I can't believe I haven't sat down and watched it. And I watched the first three episodes, and I was, to be honest, I was in after the very first scene where yeah. she's having sex with her boyfriend <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. looking at the camera. And I thought, I'm in. This is just yeah. my. I was going to say just up my alley, but that's sort of like a bit... Party <laughs> <laughs> related to in the scene. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, we'll... there's two kinds of people. Like, if you don't... If you're not in after that first scene of Fleabag, it's not going to be your thing. But that's Absolutely right. Yeah, but it's absolutely brilliant. And so I suppose you feel like you have a relationship with her 
just helps you care about them more, I think. So, yeah. It's like yeah, you say, I think is... it, it, it makes you feel like you, they are just talking to you. It's, it's weird how you know that they're just talking to the camera, but mm. it does bring yeah. you into the story a bit more, I think. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You've hit something there, lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you um, to write one. Absolutely. Um, Oh, we sure will we, we, yeah, we will talk a little bit more about this country, but um, myself and Neil, we are massive Alan Partridge fans, and um, we yeah. we both we both said a couple of nights ago that we we're a little bit nervous about. We we don't get normally get nervous no, about interviews. It's, just, it's strange, and isn't we've it? we've interviewed Lawrence Llewellyn and Bowen and all these other stars, <laughs> and it was really weird. And we were both feeling a little bit nervous talking to you <gasps> because. It's obviously it's a series that is very fresh. It's just very recent it's, it's and just a finished. huge success in my eyes. Just and absolutely it's, huge. It's it's been a long, long time since I've actually had a show that has been appointment viewing. Because normally you 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 know Netflix, you you go and watch the whole thing, but yeah. like Monday nights at like nine thirty, here we go. It's Monday night again. Yeah. Here we go. Um, yeah. I suppose that the first question, which you probably answered loads of times, how did you get the part? How did you get involved? Uh, with the show so I was in LA at the time and I'd just finished job there and it had a great time but was sort of ready to come home and my agent sent me the first scene that you see at the first episode where I'm coming in and saying I'm sorry I'm late and Alan's asking for a glass of water um and I'm um you know saying don't worry don't worry it'll be fine and then I nick his gag about the yeah 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 steel pot so um, they sent me that scene and I read that scene. I was like, oh, my God, this is genius. I have to get this gig. So thankfully, I had someone with me who was taping with me who's a big Partridge fan. So we set it up. He was sort of sat next to me and we had it all set up as if it was a, you know, TV studio. So I tried to do it as much like it would be in the real thing. Um, anyway, I sent it off and they liked it. And then I had to fly over to London to meet Steve and Rob and Neil Gibbons, the writers. And we had an hour and a half improv audition, which I was absolutely shitting myself about. <laughs> I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever been this so nervous. Really? Because I knew like, okay, it's really down to whether Steve and I work well together. And, and that's sort of something you can't really control. Like mm. you just have that chemistry or you don't. Um, so thank God um, it went well and we worked on the character of Jenny a bit and worked on those scenes. And um, and then a few days later, I was just coming up out of the tube and I got a call from my agent saying, you've got it. And I jumped up down the street screaming. I was like, stop it. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, big, yeah, big, big moment. And, and filming it was honestly just as exciting really was it hard to film i can imagine sort of trying not to laugh would be a struggle <laughs> yeah there were definitely moments especially because all the camera guys were huge partridge fans so you would see them behind the four cameras that were in our studio space and we were looking at the cameras because of course we're looking down the barrel mm. and reading our auto cues from them and they were all shoulders going like completely <laughs> losing their shit behind mm. the cameras <laughs> So, um, so yeah, it was definitely hard when those guys were in the background. But you're sort of so in the moment, really. Um, and also, like, so trying to hold it together because everything's new. Um, you just had to be super focused. But, yeah, there were absolutely times, especially when Alan 
was as his Irish doppelganger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think probably was my favourite episode. I love that one. He's so brilliant in that, yeah. So how was so, how was that filmed? Was that just a, a simple stand-in and then they filmed, they just filmed a split screen? Is that how they do it? Is... Yeah, they did a split screen. I mean, these guys, tech guys are so so clever i haven't got a clue how it works but i just remember there being something with a green screen and a hand when he when he's passing over the tortoise as a gift uh, yeah, yeah yeah that i think was the only moment where the two, <laughs> two people met as it were so that there was like some green screen thing and and the hand and the box and the tortoise but yeah we basically just shot the scene a lot of times and uh and they cut it together but um yeah, it's the wandering eye that makes me laugh. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, was was it something that Steve Coogan himself was um, laughing at when he does it? Is that is, especially doing that the Irishman then? Yeah, he. I mean, I. You know, he has to. I think he has to find what he's doing funny. Um, he's got a very good taste, obviously. Um, so yeah, there were definitely times where we'd shout cut and we'd both fall about laughing and. And especially, I think, uh, the doppelganger and his outrageous comments. Who the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you know, he's he's written that in in a very brilliantly self-deprecating way. Like, yeah, it's it's fab, yeah. So in the the first couple of episodes, it seemed to me that um, Jenny was obviously being quite cold to Alan. And Mm. now I didn't quite know whether to trust her all the way through the series. Because she seemed to warm to him as it went on until the yeah. last episode when she wasn't around at all. And I didn't yeah. know whether or not that was, it, had she walked? Because, and again, I don't know whether I'm seeing things with this, but there seemed to be more of Alan in the opening credits as the show went on. Ooh. Well, certainly, obviously, he only appears in the opening credits once Baskell's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, I think. Um, oh no, that's a really good question though, because that would have been in the edit. Um, I'm pretty sure um, all of his cheesy intro moments were the same in each episode. But yeah, there was definitely a sense that he was sort of winning her over in some way, and they were getting closer. Um, and I think, I, th- I mean, we don't know what's going to happen after this series yet, but. Um, the idea is that they're up in a meeting room and there's going to be some big conversations about how we move this forward. Right. But I think, um, you know, like with Piers Morgan and Susanna Reid, like it makes much better television if they don't get on perfectly all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that, so, yeah. that was what I didn't know was, was because she was being quite cold to him at the start, whether it was a bit of an act. She was trying to be nice to him to sort of reel him in a little bit to be able to control him because the whole thing about about pulling him up on his diction and stuff like that i thought was it was such a power move but so funny because he really didn't know what to do he was trying to pronounce his t's better and stuff i just find that hilarious he couldn't handle it at all she's she's way cleverer than him and she's operating on so many different levels i think with jenny she's probably she's going to do whatever she thinks serves her best in that particular moment so she's not a she's not completely machiavellian but I think we've seen that there is that side to her. And so if we get to do a series two, I think we'll see how that develops yeah. more. But and... she's, from, she's from a different generation as well, isn't she? That bit when there's a, they read out a tweet 
and Alan is shouting the name of the lady, thinking that the lady can hear, yeah, the, yeah. hear the tweet. And, uh, and Jenny yeah. just goes, no, it's a tweet. It's a tweet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Gets... Well, and of course, the wonderful Tim Key is, is just hilarious oh, yeah. as well. He's a comedy god, isn't he? He is. Is, yeah. Now, is it all scripted or were you able to improvise as well? It's all scripted, but in a, quite an unusual way in that um, as an actor, you pretty much would learn your lines before going on set normally, um, unless you're deeply unprofessional. <laughs> but you would know with this, like, you do not learn your lines the night before because it's going to change. Don't learn your lines in the car on the way. It's going to change. Don't learn them in the makeup chair. You'll then read them all to get, we'll all, Steve and I will read them with Rob and Neil and work out, okay, that bit works. Oh, that bit, not so much. Uh, let's change that. Let's add that, add that back in. Let's rewrite that section. Something might happen as a mistake in that run through. We'll add it in. So it's being tweaked the whole time. And then a full, fully finished script will arrive and that's what we'll do. So each take is pretty much the same and based on a script, but there's room for ideas and added things in, but certainly, like even that the scene with the Scottish guest with mm. all that, uh, mm, mm, that's that's all scripted down to yeah the last breath really. Right. So as an actor, then, do you have to be quite adaptable with different projects because there'll be different ways of doing things with with each project you're going to be on? Yeah, absolutely. It's completely different, really. You know, like I might learn a whole play three months before and know what I'm going to be doing you know saying word for word for six months um but actually something because I have done a fair amount of theatre before this like you do quite often have plays changing in previews so you do have to get quite good at just taking things on and somehow you store it in your brain for that night and say it so that was useful for this but yeah every job is totally different every director is totally different and Sometimes you're going to have a director that's really like on you and giving you strict instructions about every line and and others that are really free, like Rob and Neil didn't really, they didn't really tell me too much. They just let me do my thing and, you know, pushed me this way and that if I needed it. But yeah, so they kind of trusted me to get on with it, really. So thankfully it worked out all right. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question that Pav here normally asks. Do you have a process of learning your lines then? It's very boring. It's always boring. The line learning bit is always boring. I have a, an app called Line Learner and I record the other person and I record my lines and I just repeat, 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 repeat. And also I must do a shout out to my mum because my mum is always helping me learn my lines. She's always the one going, no, do it again. It's not this, it's they. Go again. <laughs> So for years, for years, for years, my mum's been there patiently letting me uh, do my lines with her. So thanks, mum. Does it it get easier the longer that you do it, though? I mean, like you say, you've been doing it for years and years, or is it still a challenge to learn a lot of lines or learning a play? It's like a muscle. Like, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, But, yeah, it still always takes takes a while. Like, it is boring. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to put the, the time in, yeah. Yeah, but um, I do them late at night before I go to sleep, sort of hoping that they'll seep in that way. I've tried everything, but, yeah, nothing beats just repeating it, really. Is it harder to, like, because you've done a few Shakespeare plays, and uh, mm. is it harder to learn those sort of prose? Sometimes it's easier because there's a sort of rhythm to it, and so you sort of know where it's going. 
um, sometimes some writers are much easier to learn than others because they write more like you speak or less like you speak. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's totally different. But to learn a whole Shakespeare play could take weeks and weeks and weeks, really, of just drilling it. Sounds very boring. I'm taking all the glamour out of it, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've always been. We've spoken to a lot of actors and actresses, and I find it fascinating on how because we've done little bits of acting yeah. and stuff haven't we and there's no way that we can learn lines so how you learn shakespeare is like a completely different language and i don't know how how an actor does it i really don't because you haven't just got to learn the lines you've then got to put feeling and emotion into it as if you're just talking normally and i don't know how you do it that's a big trick actually is if you if you know what you're saying and you know why you're saying it and you have an emotional connection to what you're saying that often means it goes in quicker. Right. So if you're forgetting your lines in a run-through of something, it normally means you don't know what you're saying. Right. Because we have one, act- one actress said to us years ago on a podcast that it's easy to learn lines because if you're in the character and in the situation, what you have to say is the only thing that you can say in that particular situation. Mm-hmm. So it makes it mm-hmm. easier to learn those lines because you know what that character should say. Yeah, there's definitely something in that, definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, see, it's fascinating. I find it fascinating. <laughs> um, right, we had a little, I had a little look on uh, IMDb um, at some of your things that you've uh, been involved in. Firstly, oh. is it true that you can speak Spanish? It is true I can speak Spanish. I, I think it says fluent on there, which it is does. generous. Right, okay. Um, that's very generous. I don't know if there's a word for my my version of Spanish. I speak Spanish because when I was a kid, my mum had to go and do a year abroad as part of her degree. And so um, it was just me and her. So I went along and went to school there and picked it up very quickly because I was only, you know, only like 12 or 13. Um, So, yeah, there's the remnants of that are still there. And if I find myself in, uh, you know, in Mallorca or something or Magaluf, it all comes back. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so what would uh, what the actual fuck be in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I know that fuck is joder. Joder, so okay. I don't, yeah, yeah, with the J. So it's that's um, it's okay. Uh, es el joder? I guess. What is the fuck? That's as far as I got. I don't know. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. Considering I'm not actually fluent. No, I love the fact that you knew the word fuck, but you didn't know the word what the actual. (laughs) It was the fuck one that you knew. That tells you how I learned it. Yeah, (laughs) in a a very uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Right. So um, you were in Black Mirror. Um, Mm. Myself and Neil, massive massive fans uh, of Black Mirror. What was what was that like to be involved in? It was great. I was in the one that was all about rating systems yeah. where um, it was, you know, out of five and you had to have a certain rating and then you could get a certain job or you could go to a certain restaurant, live in a certain complex. I mean, it's kind of scarily accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already have with Uber drivers and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, don't we? And we rate companies. We are all rating each other. So I think that particular episode is probably not too far off no. in terms of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. It's so medicine, right? It's so terrifying. Yeah, and so terrifyingly yeah. accurate. But no, it was great. Um, I did it with um, Joe Wright. Did mine, and he's very good at creating these kind of beautiful, kind of ethereal-looking scenes, which he did brilliantly. The whole thing was kind of pastels and very model, model home, model people. 
um, and then it all kind of gets torn apart towards the end. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. And you worked with Bryce Dallas Howard. I did. Yes. She's a very beautiful, very talented lady. Um, Yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. She's great in that. Worth watching. Mm. Mm. And you did a fantastic American accent as well. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, I done my very best American accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do quite a lot of that. I'm always playing um, American, yeah, American ladies. So um, I enjoy that. Yeah. And is that easy to? Do you need like a coach to get into that American accent, or do you find that quite easy to do? I find that one quite easy. Um, and there's a few that are quite easy, and just you can slip into. And then there's others that are a bit harder, and your heart sinks when it says a certain accent you've got to do, and you go, "Oh God." Um, so will yeah. you tell us which one or which ones? Um, yeah, so I really cannot do Newcastle. I love the accent. I love a Newcastle accent, and I love a Northern Irish accent. But I can't do those two. But, but any but anything else, I'll I'll have a go. Have you always been good at like accents and things like that? I think so. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was always doing these terrible shows that I used to force people to watch and pay to watch, um, where I would. Uh, <laughs> I oh, would uh, yeah do lots of different characters and and accents and voices. So I think it's it's often something that people have kind of enjoyed doing from a very young age, and they're not quite sure why, but they've just got an ear for it, or they or they haven't, and it doesn't interest them at all. It's one of those strange things that maybe you're sort of born with. Mm, right. Um, I also noticed that you did uh, a US sitcom called The Great Indoors. With uh, Joel McHale, Stephen Fry, Christopher Mintz Plass, McLovin, if anybody uh, McLovin. What was that experience like being in a? Because it was a. I mean, their episodes or seasons go on for like twenty. 20 I think you did twenty-two episodes. I think for that, didn't you? Yeah, and that was just one season, like you say. So, no, it was honestly, it was amazing. It was a multicam sitcom. So, like Friends, we did like a, a live show once a week. Um, and we had four cameras on us all the time, live studio audience, and we rehearsed it all week. So a little bit like what happened with Alan Partridge is we were just working on the jokes for days and getting the timing right and making sure we were using the funniest punchline. And during the live show each week, the writers would come on, give you a new joke, shout action, you'd go, that one didn't work, let's try this joke. Um, so it was good training ground for, for what I've just done. Um, but I loved it. And Chris Mintz-Plass is one of the funniest people I know. And Stephen Fry is also incredibly funny and just the most wonderful person to be playing your dad. I mean, I, I really, really fell on my feet with that one. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a dream. I mean, it was, it was like episodes. It was like friends. It was like all those shows that you see, um, you know, that describe that kind of weird and wacky network TV show sort of world. It was, it was, really like all of those yeah was it quite a pressurized situation to be in then when you've got like a live studio audience there or is it quite relaxed it's quite relaxed actually because unlike doing a theater show you can stop whenever you want to so if you mess something up and and of course the audience love it when you mess something up that's their favorite bit of the evening when mm. when you trip over a line and christmas plus goes what the hell and you you know and you and you shout cut so no it was really relaxed and um yeah i loved every second of it i really really did yeah oh, great. great look at also looking on your filmography you were in four three two one noel clark's film I was, yeah. yeah. Well, one of my first films. Yeah. Was it? Was it really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Noel Clark, great director. Now, I think, um, 
great actor. What was that experience like for you? Um, that was, yeah, I haven't really spoken about that one for a long time. Um, it was good, yeah. I mean, I learned a lot because it was one of my first jobs. And um, yeah, Noel's great and a very talented guy. So no, it's good. Mm. Wasn't Kevin Smith in that one? I think he was. I think he, he had was. a cameo yeah, in it, the yeah, film yeah. director Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. So when you when you get on set for a film like your very first film, mm. do you learn about what you're supposed to do? You know what you know where you're supposed to stand, or is that just something that the director sort of directs you in? If you if you've never done it before, how do you know what you're supposed to do? Well, I think so much of your job as an actor, certainly what I found anyway, is it's about like reading the room and listening and going, okay, he just said that to him and that guy did that. So I better do that. If, if someone says that to me or I didn't know anything. And at that stage, drama schools were really more training you for theater jobs. Right. They weren't really training you very in, in an, any kind of depth for knowing what back to ones meant on set. That means go back to your first position and, and then, we'll start again, essentially. But I didn't know what any of those little phrases were. I didn't know what a DOP was. I didn't know what a gaffer was. All of these amazing words that you learn. Oh, okay, uh, director of photography, whatever. Um, so, no, I learned from asking questions quietly on the side and watching other actors. And I do think that's why, although it's brilliant that sometimes people get kind of plucked from obscurity and they're suddenly huge stars, I do think it's useful to sort of just slowly work your way up and watch and learn from people who've been doing it for 50 years and see the way they conduct themselves and how do they speak to people? What do they ask? How do they work with the director? All of those things. And you, you can gain so much from, from watching others. So sometimes it's good to just be kind of, yeah, standing on the sidelines listening mm. for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Have you always wanted to be an actor then? Um, no, I think when I was little, I wanted to be a vet because I'm a huge animal lover. Um, and then I got into drawing and art and painting and I thought I might be a graphic designer or something. And then I ended up at a school where they had an amazing theatre and I suddenly started doing lots of plays. And the drama teacher said to me, have you ever thought about going to drama school? And I said, what's that? Never heard of it. Didn't know any actors. Didn't know that you could be an actor. I just didn't really even know you could be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then auditioned and um, yeah, got in. So thank thank you to that treat teacher. Wow. Yeah. Right then, it's the moment that you've been uh, waiting for, Susanna. It's or dreading. <laughs> I am dreading it. I'm don't, not being very complimented. No, you will be absolutely fine. Like I say, if you don't know, it's 50-50 if you've got a chance. So we're going to play Kerry or Kurt, and I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you okay. need to tell me who said it. Was it Kerry or Curtin? Okay, if it's 3am, I know it's Curtin, because that's my favourite moment in the whole series. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not that. Sorry. So. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. Sounds like the best day of my life, to be honest. Kerry. Well done. One out of one. That was good. That was just that. That's when uh, Martin McClough's telling her that uh, they're going to fly to Australia. Ah, yeah. That one. Oh, yeah. when they're in the caravan. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah. So sweet. Bittersweet. Uh, okay, number two. Which one of you is breathing so loudly I can't hear myself think? Curtain. Well done. Yes. That's our uh, king of the nerds when he's talking to the two little uh, 
kids. Well, little, little kids. The little goths, yeah. The Warhammer kids. Were they Warhammer kids? Oh, no, sorry, they were like Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, they're playing in the living room or... But this is when they're out on the... Um, uh, in the playground. Uh, and he's, try- okay. he's trying to get away from them, but they won't leave him alone. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like number three. Uh, I can see him. I can see him just now playing in the garden. That's got to be Kerry. That was Curtin. <gasps> oh. I'm trying to, I can't remember where that was no. from. <laughs> I didn't even. Th- I don't think. I don't think it was then either of them. I'm that's not just a, that's just made a, it up. a line out of your diary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can see him. I can see him I just now see, playing. I can him. see him playing in the garden. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. See, look, we're getting a, ma- a masterclass of acting yeah. in the podcast. Look, um, I'll, I, I will, I'll, I'll tweet you and let you know where that was from. I can't remember. Right, you better. Oh, I should give you half a point for that, considering yeah. I don't know where it's from. I, I'm so yeah. sorry, Suzanne. I feel like I've let you down. Okay, number four. Okay. I'm so sorry, but is it all right if you leave my house? Kerry. Well done. Yeah. That was after Sophie came over because she thought she was going to get them back yeah. together again, random acts of kindness. But he was just happy that he'd sorted himself out with the vicar. There you go. Uh, number five, final one. I've got a packet of Rolos in my pocket as well. Sorry, hmm. I've got to get this right. I think it's Curtin. It is Curtin. Well done. That's when he's that. taken her on her birthday, taken her up to go and see the... Uh, Steam the, fair. The, 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 the sign, fair, yeah. Well done. I'm going to give oh. you 4.5 out of 5 for that because I, <laughs> I ballsed up on number 3. Yes. I need to find out where that quote we, came we from. We can't even be sure it's off the show. It is definitely because I was... being generous to me, to be fair, but I won't argue with you. I was sat in my car <laughs> trying to work out, uh, sorting out all the quotes uh, the, this, this afternoon. And I honestly can't remember where I saw that one. <laughs> it was Curtin. I can see him. I can see him just now playing in the garden. What could that be? That's going to bug me. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. Garden. Yeah, I can see him. I can see him just now playing in the garden. Is Why? He, it sounds like he's talking about slugs. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Doesn't it? Because who would the him be? That's why I thought Kerry. No, I, thought... I know exactly where it was. It's when okay. he visited Robert Robinson's house. Uh, and he's okay, looking at the yeah. garden and he's saying, I can see him. I can see him just now playing in the garden. There you go. Yeah. I'm afraid I take that half point back now. <laughs> <laughs> but you still got four out of five. That's very good. Very respectable. That's very, very, very good. That is okay. fantastic. It deserves another round of applause, I think. Yes. What is your favourite quote, though, of the whole thing? I mean, we probably have to finish. Tomato. It's, uh, tomato. It's funny you say that. We On Twitter and Facebook, we've literally just finished our This Country Quote tournament where <gasps> Tomato beat... Um, I know he's done some iffy things, but as a builder, he was top-notch. <laughs> beat, beat him in the final. Yeah, so Tomato is the official uh, best quote of this country. Tomato, I should say. Tomato. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I, I think I mine is maybe the bit where Curtin says about um, um, <laughs> Kerry ringing him up at three in the morning to say that there's a hedgehog <laughs> in the garden that looks like Grandad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> 
That is funny. I got out of bed. I ran over there and I thought, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> it's just genius. It is. Is there, is. is there anything you would like to see in the next series? Myself. Mm. <laughs> oh, what, what, yourself in the series, you mean? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I would like to see myself in the series. Um, who, who would you play? Well, I've talked a lot with people about this because um, I'm obsessed with the show. Um, I think maybe I thought maybe I could be like um, what like the vicar's kind of, you know, like female um, assistant mm. or something like that. So I could be in the church and then um, helping the vicar with things. And then there could be some interesting scenes between me and Curtin and then Kerry being jealous about it um, and, and it just being slightly awkward and maybe maybe something along those lines. Um, but, yeah, I'm open to any offers, to be honest. I don't mind even being, you know, a member of the Bowls Club. <laughs> you could you could cause a stir by being the vicar's glamorous young wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Couldn't you? you? Still Met her, the, met we her, we haven't it? yet. No, Poppy wasn't it? Did they say Poppy was her name? Yeah. You talked yeah. about the jam making in the in the aftermath. That now that would what scandal that would cause. <gasps> yeah. The scandal's not a bad idea, though, no, lads. No. E- either that or this time do an outside broadcast live from the village, talking about this special documentary that they've oh, done, and you and Alan just yeah, pop up. We could meld worlds. Oh, yeah, the two worlds collide. Oh my god. Yeah, that would be oh, quite. Be a- a real head fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a brain exploder, wouldn't it? Really weird. But is there any situations you'd like to see Kerry and Curtin in? Well, I always like them in their most mundane situations. I love it though when um, one of my absolute favourite bits is where Curtin really loses his shit at the Scarecrow Festival, and you suddenly you see him walking around the back like mm. half naked. He's always taking his top off with the fire in his hand. Um, the torch oh god that's really good question i hadn't hadn't sort of thought about it in advance um mm. i've always said that it would be um quite interesting to see them go on a a, a coach trip to the seaside like to western supermare or something that's a good idea or like a narrow boat trip (laughs) could you imagine that with lots Carrying curtain like. with the vicar. You imagine him losing his rag, yeah. couldn't you? That's not a bad one, actually. Yeah. Maybe he's doing sort of like church, you know, day out for the elderly on a narrow boat and he's dragged them along because he needs extra help doing teas and coffees and helping with the locks. I've, oh. I've been on a narrow boat holiday with my dad and locks <laughs> with somebody that has no patience is a nightmare. That that could be comedy gold. Mm. That could curtain be. Would Really, be like, oh, wouldn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, he just, he wouldn't survive it. It is a shocking thing to have to go through. <laughs> I just, I just. Um, so, have you got anything that you can tell us that you're that you're working on, or is have you got things that are hush hush? Or I ha- the next thing I'm in is a thing called Sticks and Stones, which is an ITV, and it's a completely different thing. Actually, it's a drama, psychological drama about. Oh bullying in the workplace mm-hmm. um so yeah i play a completely different type of character and um and yeah it's it's really interesting because it's going to be it's going to take the audience on a real kind of roller coaster about what's what's really going on here what are we imagining and what's real and um and i think again it's another one where you're going to really care about the characters hopefully and be really invested especially in this 
the, the lead guy um, uh, who's, yeah, who plays the kind of central character. So I'm excited for that to come out uh, in, it should be in the autumn. So yeah, that's what's next. Wonderful. And then any plans to go back on the stage soon? I'm reading a few scripts. I really am keen to go back because if, for if no other reason that it gets really scary if you leave it longer than a couple of years because you just kind of like you were saying about the line learning, like you get out of your, you know, you just get out of your comfort zone. And so um, so I think it's it's good for me to force myself to go back in. And I love theatre. I love the fact that you get to work with a really fun group of people every day and filming is quite a different style set of you know of day-to-day life so yeah i hope so and if so i will make make you all aware whatever it is that i'm, that I'm up to next oh, wonderful wonderful Susanna, thank you so much for spending some time with us especially when you're not feeling 100 percent. it's so sweet of you to spend us some time we've a big fans as you can tell <laughs> um you're seeing me looking very glamorous just to describe to the uh, the listeners i'm wearing my fluffy dressing gown and i'm sitting in bed <laughs> i mean you, that looks you, well you look about as cozy as you can be to be honest <laughs> i mean it uh, it's i don't want to say anything that might end up sounding inappropriate that's the only it thing it just looks very cozy <laughs> doesn't it very very cozy believe it that very cozy i also i would like to thank um giles paley phillips and uh, the guys at blank podcast because they let us know that you were a massive This Country fan, so it sort of gave us a chance to be able to get in touch with you and uh, a, a tick on our uh, bucket list uh, has now gone because you've been a guest for us. So thank you ever so much, Susanna. It's been so sweet that you've taken this time. I'm, I'm getting all tongue-tied now because well, we'll look forward I'm getting to all emotional. Coming to the Cotswolds <laughs> to be in Series 3. Well, that's it. I'll see you for a pint. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're more than welcome if you're ever in this area to come to the studio. Come to our little studio. There is a seat here waiting for you and we'll get another fluffy um, uh, dressing gown for you to sit in. I if you... need a fluffy gown, if that's all right. Oh, in fact, I wore one all to this on the set of Alan Partridge and they were always, always laughing at me. But comfort first is my uh, my rule of thumb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Neil, would you like to do a little bit of housekeeping? Yes, I will try my best. Here, Here we, we go. go. Let's see if you can get so it right. So we, we are go. on all the social medias. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, WTAF, this country. Well done. Uh, see. <laughs> and then we have an email address, which is WTAF, this country at hotmail.com. I think that's right, yeah. And the website is <laughs> WTAFpodcast.com. Yay! I'll sit back, I'll breathe. I haven't done that for a few weeks. You haven't done that for a few weeks. Uh, thank you so much once again, Susanna. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been lovely. Uh, thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for everybody listening. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Yay! <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. 
Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The top ten of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.